Well, hello and welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernando and I'm the editor of Woman Magazine. Yes, you are. And I'm Ian McEwan, writer on TV and Satellite Week magazine and whattowatch.com. And today we're looking at the new releases for the week starting Friday the 18th of November 2022, including Netflix's period horror series 1899 from the makers of Dark and Sylvester Stallone's new gangster drama Tulsa King on Paramount+. And we'll also be looking at the now TV football documentary Hurst, the one and only, about England's 1966 World Cup hat-trick hero Jeff Hurst, and Amazon Prime video film comedy The People We Hate at the Wedding, starring Oscar winner Alison Janney. But first in, what's in the news? Theo James has signed on to head the cast of Netflix's darkly comic series The Gentleman, which is a spin-off from Guy Ritchie's 2019 film. What else is in the news, Hannah? Well, the brilliant Sharon Horgan's darkly comic family crime drama Banner Sisters will return for a second series on Apple TV+. We're going to start on Netflix with a new series that arrived on Thursday the 17th of November. It's called 1899 and here's a clip. Six hours ago we received a message. We believe this comes from the Prometheus. You think the passengers, they're still alive? Capital, we paid good money for this trip. Seven days to get to New York, no detours. So I don't know if you've seen the German series Dark, also on Netflix, Hannah. Pretty crazy sci-fi show. Well, from the makers of that comes 1899, which as the title suggests, is set on the eve of the 20th century. So it's a horror mystery, a period horror mystery, and it's set aboard a transatlantic steamship called the Cerberus. It's got a little bit of a Titanic vibe to it. You've got the people, the poor people down in steerage and the rich people up above, and there's a young woman who's sort of battling against the sort of sexism of the age, so we start off, we first meet Maura Franklin, played by Emily Beecher. She's a female doctor, and she has a connection to this sister ship called the Prometheus, which disappeared four months earlier. So there are various bods on board that we get to know in this first episode, which, while Dark was all in German, this is actually has people speaking in many different European languages. So there's an unhappily married... <laughs> French honeymoon couple. There's a mysterious geisha and her companion. There's a French stowaway and there's a shifty looking Italian priest and his outspoken brother. And it seems they've all got secrets to conceal, as does the ship's captain, played by Andreas Peachman. And the captain receives a message which appears to be from this missing ship. And controversially, he decides to change course and come to its aid. So he and a number of the passengers board the ship when they find it. That's how it, the mystery starts to unfold. So I really enjoyed episode one. And of course, that's very much about introducing everyone. It looks great. It's been filmed in this absolute state-of-the-art way that I don't really understand. But it makes the interiors and exteriors incredibly convincing to look at. I've only watched episode one, but... 
from reading other critics, I gather that some of them felt as it continued, it was frustratingly slow to kind of get to the heart of the mystery. But what we do know is that it will involve, well, some kind of supernatural things. There's one, some little pyramid puzzle device and perhaps some portals that can take you through time and space. I liked what I saw from episode one. But yeah, as I say, possibly it may not quite deliver in the way that everybody hopes. But yeah, a great start, I thought. What did you think, Hannah? Yeah, I, I liked it too. I mean, it's quite sort of, um, like you say, it's very state of the art, but also sort of quite a dark kind of content, I suppose. Um, and I, I mean, I haven't seen the German series and I don't, I don't know that you need to, but I think that that probably gives it even more context if you like that you'll like this kind of thing um but i think also um from reading up about this it's got a sort of quite a political undercurrent to it as well um the co-creator talks about how they wanted to give a counterpoint to brexit um and this kind of nationalism rising in different countries and so i think there is kind of as i say this underlying message that's that's running through I, i do think it's good but i think you have to watch it, don't you? It's not one of those things that you can have in the background. You need you need to be there and you need to be kind of every step of the way, I think. Now, up next, something rather different over on Paramount+. Plus. You're going to tell us all about Tulsa King, but first, here's a clip. I kept my mouth shut for 25 years. I don't know what you're expecting. Now that you're back. I'm expecting adequate compensation. Tulsa. What's Tulsa? I want you to go there. The horse race, the Springboard Mile. There's nobody doing nothing. You can do whatever you want. Not exactly the welcome I was expecting. I absolutely really enjoyed this. So um, it's a it's a ten parter, and actually, when you first start to watch it, you kind of feel like you're settling down to watch a film. Well, that's how I felt anyway, because um, it's got that film vibe to it. It's really Hollywood, but really well done. And Sly Stallone, I mean, he's seventy six. Um, and this is kind of his really his big well, his major debut really into a TV series like this. Um, and he plays a gangster, part of the mafia, and he served twenty five years. So at the beginning, there's quite a lot of sort of flashbacks. Um, so, well, I say flashbacks to kind of giving you an idea of what, why he was in there. And he's serving twenty five years behind bars, and he's. He's not spoken, which is why he's still there. He's seeing his time. He knows that he has to. That's part of the world um, that, that he that he is a part of, and he knows that. Um, so he says nothing, and he and he does his time. But when he comes out, the expectation is that they will be very grateful for that. This kind of um, mafia ring, and that the the mobster boss will almost pay him in kind if you like and kind of I suppose set him free because I think once you're in that world it's pretty hard to get out of but he's not <laughs> absolutely not and do you know what Sylvester Stallone I actually saw him interviewed on the Jonathan Ross show about this and it, the way he talks lends himself to this anyway he just kind of hypes the whole thing up a bit and he just sounds I think completely how I imagine a mafia type to speak um really hard knocking someone out pretty quickly in in, in the start as well you know as he say 76 and he's really quite incredible and instead of him being set free and being allowed to see his family and start a new life he is starting a new life but in Tulsa Oklahoma and 
it's his journey. You see him getting back into this 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 cycle, which of course he he wanted to be out of. And um, I was a bit worried at first that it would be Flystone show, if you like, and it would be a bit too much. But I think he captures the character really, really well. Um, and I know that he he says he absolutely really enjoyed doing something like this. But as I say, when you first sit down to it, you think. Oh, I'm, I'm here for the night. This is a film, but it's not. It is episodes. What do you think, Ian? I was pleasantly surprised because I'm not generally a huge fan of Stallone's acting, I have to say. But he's very good in this. And they play a bit on the idea, a bit like Sean Connery and The Rock, that he's been in prison for so long that when he comes out into the modern world, he doesn't really <laughs> know how it works. So he hooks up with this cab driver he recruits him really called Tyson he's played by Jay Will they have a good relationship there's a lot of comedy in it there's, there's some light-hearted moments but he's also incredibly menacing as this gangster who, who, who is basically sent to Tulsa to really set up his own empire you know and there's a great sequence in episode one where he goes into this shop where they legally sell cannabis oil products <laughs> and it, it's just really it's almost a bit tarantino-esque the way he kind of makes his proposal it's sort of an offer that you can't refuse and the way the guy who runs the shop reacts so he also as well as being a mobster and quite violent um he also comes to the aid of certain people so he he sort of he starts hanging out with this hen party and they go to a nightclub and then one of them's being hassled by this guy and he steps in and there is a romantic story as well. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to give you the spoiler, but there's a, there's a surprise twist to that. It's someone who, that he meets on this night out. So, yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised by it. He's great casting as, as a sort of slightly older mobster. He does really well in this, and it's got good pedigree. It's connected to shows like Yellowstone and Boardwalk Empire and The Sopranos. So, yeah, I recommend it. Worth a look. We're not far away from the World Cup, Hannah, so of course we're going to have a look at a football documentary next. It's called Hurst, the First and Only. It's on Now TV, and here's a clip. The game don't make professional footballers like Jeff Hurst anymore. If you say to anyone in football, hat-trick World Cup, you know what they're going to come back with. The crazy thing is, I think there's more recognition of what we achieved than there's ever been. Anything can happen, and that belief to keep going, that hat-trick stands for all of that. So, we head to Qatar with high hopes, Hannah, of course, but the glory days of England in the World Cup go back to the 1966 World Cup, when I was just a very wee lad, and famously... Jeff Hurst, now Sir Jeff Hurst, scored a hat-trick. So this is a look back at his life and career. He appears in it at some length, talking about uh, football and, and other things. It's got the usual suspects from the world of football. You've got pundits, you've got ex-players, Gareth Southgate and Gary Lineker both in there. Football fans would be pretty familiar with the World Cup final stuff from 66. However, what particularly interested me I mean for one thing Jeff Hurst just comes across as a really nice guy and incredibly humble about his his achievement but I didn't know that um his brother had committed suicide he talks about that 
his daughter died from a brain tumour. He talks about that. Also, back in the day, I mean, football was a completely different game in terms of player remuneration. So after he'd finished playing, he signed on the dole. He had to get a job in insurance, which he did for many years. For the actual World Cup, they got paid the princely sum of a £1,000 bonus. So even if you're not particularly a football fan, uh, it's a good watch. I enjoyed it and I I learned some things that I didn't know. What what did you think about this, Hannah? Yeah, I I mean, I I like this kind of thing. I mean, I I do like my sport and I think that, I mean, probably by the end of the World Cup, I'll I'll reevaluate that. It'll be on at every given opportunity, I'm sure. But um, I think that what I like about these kind of documentaries is that you you learn so much that you didn't know um, and you see kind of behind the facade that's been created, whether it's by the press or by them or their brand or whatever it might be. And there's some really quite sad tales. And I think coming through football, there often is actually, um, there's usually quite a big story to tell. And you see the real the real human side of them, which you don't often get to because, like you say, there was the sort of, there was, you're talking about that sort of money and these days you're talking about money, eye-watering amounts of money that none of us can really get our heads around. So, yeah, no, I thought, I thought it was good. We're going to finish with a bit of light relief, Hannah, that you're going to tell us about. It's a <laughs> film comedy on Amazon Prime Video called The People We Hate at the Wedding and here is a clip. Oh my God, have you seen this invitation? Are you going to the wedding? Eloise is our half-sister, which means we can half-ass the relationship. My rich sister chose to stay in London and shove fish and chips up her butt. That's not how you eat them. This is nice. My company upgraded me. Very cool, country mouse. I figured that everyone in business class was going to be hot and mean like you. They got Paddington on this flight? Stink. It's not the catchiest title, is it? I'm going to first start by saying that. So I really struggle with this. <laughs> it really isn't. But don't let that put you off because it really is quite funny. Uh, as you say, very, very lighthearted, but, you know, and a, and a bit silly. But it's got Kristen Bell and so, you know, always good in the hood. Um, so Kristen Bell plays the part of Alice, who is very, very close to her brother, Paul played by Ben Platt, Um, and they are invited to their half-sister Eloise's wedding in London. Um, And they they're quite estranged i mean they, they they i mean they don't speak to her she she's very she's completely different so they're kind of um very together crazy duo i suppose you know going out and drinking and having fun and then and and, and they're in america and they've been invited to this half sister's wedding and she's really quite posh. I mean, it's kind of a real play up on the kind of English accent, the British accent. It's very, very posh. And um, they reluctantly accept and which their mother is very happy about um, because she wants this rift because there's three of them, I suppose, two company, three is a crowd. They couldn't be more different. Um, The trouble is, is that Alice and Paul's lives are really chaotic and quite ridiculous and they do make you laugh. But it follows them to England. And of course, you know, at the wedding, it, it's never, my weddings never do when these things go smoothly, do they? So why would they in this? Of course, that doesn't, that isn't really a spoiler. Um, but is it going to drive a bigger wedge between them or is it going to pull them all together? And I think it's just, it's just, it has, there's one, one scene where 
they'll go out for dinner and she just basically just drinks too much and she fills the glass, you know, from an etiquette perspective, she fills the glass right to the very top, vomits later and blames it on the chicken, but she hadn't even eaten chicken. Um, you know, there, it is, it is quite funny. It's, um, quite obvious, but it's an, it's an easy view. What did you think, Ian? I think at its best, it's a bit like Bridesmaids. Kristen Bell is very funny. So her character is having a fling with this with her married boss and her brother Paul Ben Platt is gets some probably the best lines in this very funny so he has a boyfriend they go to England together for the wedding and then they attempt to have a threesome with a guy they're staying with and that is very funny and of course the Oscar winner Alison Janney from I, Tonya, who is terrific, she plays the mum. Donna, who, of course, is going to, at the wedding, she's going to bump into her first husband. Her second husband uh, has passed away. And it starts, it's quite nicely done. At the beginning, they're they're in, in a police station. They've all been arrested in England. And then we flash back to find out, well, how did that happen? What happened at the wedding? So... <laughs> I'm always intrigued to see how American films depict England and especially London. So that's quite fun to watch. I wasn't quite so keen at the more sentimental sort of serious bits where they're kind of the family rifts are healed and so on. They were a little bit schmaltzy for me. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And if you're just looking for a bit of lighthearted fun, uh, this absolutely fits the bill. Now we've got to that point, Hannah, where we find out what you've been binge watching on. So please reveal all. Well, strictly, of course, um, no surprises there. Also, um, I've watched this before, and we've talked about it before. But on Netflix, they've got Clifford the Big, the Big Red Dog, which is I just love it. Kids love it. That's a good, good family, family film. And also, um, I was catching up on My Policeman, which we talked about with Harry Styles, which is really very good. Well, I've been continuing with The Crown, which I must admit, although I loved episode one, I think it's slightly gone downhill. Dare I say it? Mm. Uh, I also watched episode one of The English, which is uh, an American period drama uh, starring Emily Blunt. That's on BBC iPlayer. And there's also uh, a good documentary series about FIFA, very topical, on Netflix, which confirms everything we've suspected about how horrifically corrupt the administration of world football is. Now, we've just got time to look ahead to next week's offering. So what's on the agenda, Hannah? <laughs> well, Catherine Zeta-Jones will be playing Morticia in Tim Burton's Adam's Family spin-off Wednesday, which is on Netflix. And Tim Minchin and Millie Alcock embark on another epic Aussie adventure as the comedy-drama Upright returns to Now TV. So, we look forward to those and more. But, in the meantime... Keep... Keep watching! watching. 